When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that doesn't indulge in drama queenery. This week on Heart and Hand, why aren't we top of the league? This is a disaster! Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host, and I'm joined this week again by Mr. Scott Vandenacker. Hello, I was chopped off in my prime last week. Yeah, you were. You were bobbited. Uh, and exactly, kids, don't look that up. No, don't, don't, don't look that up. It, it won't do you any favors. You won't be happy yeah. about it. Um, yes, yes, yeah. Gremlin struck, as uh, Cami rightly pointed out, just as I was talking about world domination, and you seemed set to disagree. Well, that was his theory, but you were never going to disagree. You know better. Well, to be really honest, I know that I'm on the inside of the junta, so there's no point really in being inside the tent, is there? No, exactly. But, um, no, we, we figured out what the technical reason was, and it won't happen again this week, hopefully, which means, you lucky devils, you're going to get Scott for the whole duration. And even bigger bonus, Scott, is that I caught up with Mark Dingwall earlier, and this is what Mark had to say. Joining me now is the man with the mellifluous breathing. Yes, it's Mr. Mark Dingwall. Mark, how are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Hopefully my breathing's up to scratches and get more oxygen between with me. Good, excellent. Right, um, well, you are the Darth Vader of uh, the pod and uh, people will be delighted as you make your season debut. Mark, the season started uh, with a lot of excitement. Ibrox, full house, lovely day. The performance... Left a few people maybe a little bit worried. What, what was your take on what happened? I think it had had in my head for quite a while quite what the league was going to be to bring back in uh, the top flight because for all we can sort of say, well, you know, Rangers have got X amount of money and the resources can get to other clubs. It is still a bit different to come up and to be playing uh, at that intensity at that level. Um, and people would say, oh, it's only Hamilton. But, you know, Hamilton have been up there for a few years. They've been a lot more battle-hardened um, in, in tougher games than we had in recent years. So I wasn't that surprised um, because I just think, you know, the sharpness that you have to have to take your chances you know, might have been missing. And so it appeared, although there, there, there were, of course, bad uh, performances in most areas of the pitch, sadly. In terms of the new boys, Mark, who's impressed you so far and who do you think will make the biggest impression? I think it's a very obvious one and perhaps on his performance at the weekend, you know, um, you see you're getting carried away, but I think that Barton will be the influence of the season. Um, he's talked to talk. In terms of where he's been playing in the past, has he been one of the stars of the league? No, he hasn't. But I think with his experience and the uh, and his work ethic that he, that he displays, then I think he will turn out to be the pivot around which a lot of the team 
team moves this year. Mark, you're the guy we go to for off the field matters to have a little chat about how things are moving at uh, more the political level. The, the latest thing for fans has been the issue with the strips. Now, there were moves last week by Mike Ashley and by Puma to get the strips into to certain stores. Uh, the club's view on it remained unchanged and that they suggested that fans should continue to feel the way that they had felt about it before. They didn't call for an out-and-out boycott, but they did say uh, nothing has changed. What, what's the latest on that? I'd be very much in favour of continuing the boycott. Uh, in terms of Ashley himself, it's obviously become something of a mind game. We haven't found to have so much money. I can just have to keep double downing on these guys, you know, dragging them through the courts, wasting time, wasting effort, wasting money for them in a way that I can afford but they can't. And, uh, and it'll also be an example to other people that I do business with, you know, that'll get extremely nasty if you, if you stand up to me. I think that will probably take another year or two for the whole of this to work its way out. Usual shite then, what did you think? Blah blah, blah Slovakians, blah blah hitchhikers, blah blah, never touched them. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Interesting point though from Mark about the strips. Uh, the message remains the same, don't touch them. Yeah, I mean... The people were trying to say that it was mixed messages because we'd shot an advert. No, that's a contractual obligation. Yeah. The club have been quite clear that they don't buy them. Mm. Okay? If you need a football or lacrosse outfit or one of these other bizarre sports that Greaves cover, go to Greaves. They literally have every sport in the world covered. Mm. Kabaddi, go to Greaves. I bought two cricket balls in Greaves the other week. Cricket and a shop in Glasgow. Come on. That's yeah. high quality retailing. That is. Now, David, you never go outside. Mm-hmm. What use will these cricket balls be, my old chum? Well, it just means if anyone comes to the door, I've got something hard um, made for throwing that I can hit them with. That's a very good point, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I've, I've thought this one through. And uh, it's like that old joke about the Glasgow... Well, it's not a joke, it's actually a fact. The year that there were 7,000 baseball bats... Um, sold in Glasgow and no balls. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> no catchers' mitts, no uniforms. Uh, so I, I, maybe a lot of air bas- uh, baseball was taking place out the back garden. Scott, we kicked off the season then um, with a one-one draw at home to Hamilton. It was a great day in terms of the the atmosphere. Stadium was full. Everything looked good. Performance fell a little flat. What were your reasons for that? Do you think? Ah, um, well. You Why don't you just blame Michael O'Halloran and get to the... Get it was Michael O'Halloran's fault. Yeah. Okay, um, no, I'd like to think it wasn't nerves. I mean, we have got quite... An, well, in places we've got an experienced squad and I don't think... You can't blame the occasion, I don't, I don't think. No. I mean, it was still a home game at, you know, at Ibrox. It wasn't about massive European tie or a huge cup tie. No, or the Maracanã. No, I mean, yeah, they know what it's like, most of the players. Um... I think a couple of things we, t- we touched on last week. I think pre me being uh, cut off mm. at, at the my, my prime, we have undoubtedly strengthened the squad, and only a blind man would argue otherwise, David. A blind man. But it's also changed the squad, and the midfield that we're trying out, that we've been trying out maybe in the Burnley game and the Hamilton game, they, at the moment, it's not happening at the pace we need. Mm. The ball's travelling slower. What this means, I think, is people teams are getting players back, and the ball's going sideways. The dreaded sideways. 
I think that you saw against Hamilton that the teams were going to be up against are fitter. There wasn't that noticeable surge after 60 minutes when Rangers fitness came through. Uh, it is the first game of the season, obviously, but I think that the teams are physically fitter, they're stronger, and Hamilton did what a lot of teams are going to do against us, which is press as high and say, right, OK, then you can try and pass around us, but you're going to have to be very accurate and very quick to do so. So that's the challenge. Um, it's certainly not an insurmountable challenge, but it does mean that you can't get away with misplaced passes, of which in the first half there were a lot. You can't get away with holding on to the ball, and if you are content just to knock it backwards and forwards across the the, the defence, then they, they were quite happy to let us do that. And I think that you saw that while, as we've said many times on here, we're not exactly going into La Liga, it is a step up, and you saw that. It's a bit, yeah, I mean... We're playing full-time pros who've been around the block. The other thing I think which is probably less to do shape and was, unfortunately, a few players just went on form. Uh, Kenny Miller mm. didn't have a good game. Barry Mackay wasn't his usual scintillating self. And in a team like ours, when you have a few key players who maybe aren't having the finest game, that is huge. You know, We're not a team like Real Madrid or Barcelona. You turn to the bench and another world-class star comes on. So... A few players just didn't play very well. We also maybe, I don't know, over-elaborated when we did have the ball going forward. Yeah, we did. And, um, not enough directness. And it, just, it was all right. I mean, I think the reaction was overkill. But on the other hand, it was it was disappointing. It was a sort of 6 out of 10 game. And I think with the 50,000 fans, the sun shining, I think people had hoped for a sign of sort of the bright new dawn, almost like we get if you did take over with your regime. Mm. Um, and instead it was just like... Six months into my regime when everyone's living in fear and terror and hiding under tables. Yes, yeah, exactly. It was kind of like that. I do think the reaction was completely over the top and God knows what it'd be like if we don't pick up points on Saturday. If you wanted to look for positives, I would say that, firstly, if you can't win your first game, for Christ's sake, don't lose it. Um, has always been the mantra that uh, I've gone by and I think that at least getting a point out of it saved it from being a total disaster still not a great result but not a total disaster the other positive thing was last season we had nothing in the bench that's not being unfair to the players that were there we had fresh legs and that was about it on Saturday we were able to turn we had options because we brought on three and we still had some quality and Joe Dodo left on the bench but in Joe Dodo, that was not quality and, in case anyone thinks I'm, I'm slagging the boy, I'm not, we'll come to him in a minute. But we were able to bring on Forrester and O'Halloran, who changed the game, who both played very well, and both of them uh, made an impact. Obviously, Harry's ball um, is a third magnificent ball that Harry has. Yeah. Because it was a beautiful, beautiful... Uh, it, it was a Harry's testicle of a pass through to, to Martin Waghorn, who put it away. Waghorn's injury, which we still don't really know the extent of as we were recording this the Wednesday night, which seems a bit odd to me. Um, you would have thought they would have known by now, but but nothing's come out yet. I mean, obviously a blow losing him. But yeah, the reaction was was mental. And they're going to have to get used to the fact that this season, there's a, a fair to middle point, especially at the start, as they're getting to grips with new players and a new division, that there may well be these, these bumps in the road, if you like, with no divine right to win. And it's something that... I'm concerned about is if anything the last four years I thought would have taught us and there's been a lot of positives among the fan base but this sense of entitlement that lingers from you know the 90s in particular 
which people try to justify their unreasonableness with, aye, but we're Rangers. Well, that's true, but put it like this, you know, um, a 70-year-old Mike Tyson wouldn't win the world title, and I don't think saying, well, I'm Mike Tyson, would do it. You have to look at the circumstances, and you've got to be realistic. Yes, demand the best, but some of the some of the reaction, some of the criticism, I thought was just bordering on on inane. I think to be devil's advocate, slightly there is always going to be expectation at club at Rangers. Yes, but reasonable expectations are different thing. Daft think, expectation is is silly. Um, yeah. You wouldn't come out and say, "Well, I expect us to win the European Cup in three years." So you need to look at what the the current circumstances are and base around it. And if you can't do that, and if you're the type of person that wets their knickers because we've drawn a game, then seriously grow up. Um, now, anyway, I'm addressing that to the type of person who does that, and luckily we have one of them here. So, Scott, you're a massive, massive um, queen. Sorry, you're a massive, massive drama queen. Hmm. <laughs> um, could you could you like, fill us in on, on what your people think? Well, usually drama queen is away from football. Man. He's talking about my life. Um, no, I've, I've I've barely been involved in any debates about about Saturday's game. I think it is what it is. I think, personally speaking, I thought we'd win it. Personally speaking, I don't think we'll win the league this year, but I expect us to win our home games. It was disappointing, but I, I don't see there's 37 games to come. Mm. There's plenty of time to get points back. I think though the expectation thing is we are Rangers. It's the SPL. I think fans, when you talk to them, they know we're not going to win the Champions League. A lot of them are realistic enough to know we're not even going to get in the group stage of either the Champions League or the Europa League for many years. We have no seeding. People are, people have lowered their standards. People knew that Burnley would beat us and that Burnley were the best team we could get. Chelsea, Liverpool, they're not coming to Ibrox for friendly anytime soon. People are adjusting their sights. But within Scotland, in a domestic setting, most people see us as top dogs, sitting on a throne with ermine robes and a crown saying we are the kings of Scottish football. That is hard to adjust. It's hard to change. And even when you do know reality is, is, is there, presenting you in the face, over to the side is the throne with the ermine robes. You can't get away from it. Our fans are not going to accept getting beaten a lot by other Scottish teams. I just think that's the way it is, and we all have to realise that. There will be an outburst every time it happens. That's just as it's going to happen. People are not used to it and won't get used to it, I don't think, either. To a more positive, uh, we had in the League Cup tie against yeah, yeah. Peterhead at home. It's hard to take anything out of this match because the standard of the opposition. But if you were looking again for positives, you could say that we got further game time for guys who clearly needed it, like Cranshire. Uh, and a, a very, very impressive first start for Joe Dodo. Very good. I think the most the most positive things to come out of last night, with the caveat of it was Peterhead. It was Peterhead, yes. We've said that, but I thought the Rossiter and Dodo... Were excellent. Yeah, me too. And I think maybe playing his way into. Now, I don't want to criticise anyone or criticise the boss, but the midfield has been the same for Burnley and Hamilton. Mm. Not sure it's there yet. For whatever reason, that's not really clicking. I think Rossiter is now looking at the kind of player who you would bring into that midfield. Yeah, listen, though, I think that's a lot to do with letting the lad settle in because people have said, oh, he's he's banging on the door. He was exactly, and giving him, you know, they they need to manage him up to peak fitness. I personally think, look, there's no way, there's no way that that kid's been brought up here to try and force his way into the first team. 
I don't think he would have been remotely interested in doing that. He had other options, other first team options. So he's been brought to play. He's going to play. I don't think anybody needs to concern themselves about that at the moment. Barton, I think it's a question yeah. of legs and fitness. Barton and he's still playing further forward. As yeah. a result. Barton and Ross are, are going to start. They are. Yeah. If the manager was able to name a team tomorrow when everybody was a hundred percent fit, those two would be in the first team. I have no doubt about that. Yep, and I think <coughs> Tranchar, um, his space is the one that you have Holt, you have Halliday, you have Windass, you have Forrester. It's going to be interesting. There's two ways of looking at it, David. One is, Cranshaw can do things with football that nobody else can do in the whole of Scotland. Yep. An away game against a not terrible Dundee team. They're not the worst team of the season. And we're away from home. It's going to be pell-mell, helter-skelter. I'm not sure if Nico is the man for the job yet. No, for, for me, you would go with Hope for the, the energy. And also Hope can do the thing which we haven't had enough from this season so far. We've only had a few games, but... The threat from midfield. Last season, Hope was always looking to get onto things in terms of goals and assists. Mm. I think we'll need that. Up front, I thought Dodo was great, as you said. Um, he, plays, thing, he plays in the space of the 18-yard box. One of our, our yeah. weaknesses up front, although we have excellent movement and that deserves to be recognised, sometimes whoever's playing the central striker does tend to drift out wide a bit too much, whereas Dodo stayed central. He's also excellent at timing his runs. He very rarely got caught offside. I don't think he did, in fact. it was, And it was excellent timing of the run. Now, he's still wrong. He had a couple of other chances he might have finished as well as the one he did. But you can see that there's a footballer there. Yeah, I mean, he's got a touch. See the, the touch for Cranchar's goal? Yeah. I mean, that was that was lovely. But it's, it's nice and reassuring to have someone who's always on the centre-half shoulder. Mm. And, like, Kenny Miller, God bless him, has been playing roughly right up with uh, Wes for some reason. Mm. He's been about 80 yards away from the front line. And Waghorn, again, great player. He's been great for us. He loves to drift. But sometimes you see he drifts too far. Yeah. Um, having somebody to occupy the centre defenders is never a bad idea. Um, of course, YouTube reels, you cannot tell anything from them. But I saw some of his finishes, and the boy knows he's got a touch. Mm-hmm. He's undoubtedly got a, a great, sweet touch. And I think, this might seem bizarre, but I think he may play on Saturday. Everyone's saying Miller will definitely come back in the team, but I don't know. I've got a funny feeling that Dodo might be trusted to maybe get behind him, occupy the central defenders, but we shall see. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if both of them played. Mm, yeah, well, that could be. Maybe not go with the usual front three. Yeah, um, but it's nice to have options again, although the squad is a little bit unbalanced. I mean, I counted we have six players to play four defensive positions that you would consider guys that are challenging and eight for yeah. three midfield positions. That's not even Matt Crooks. No, that, that, that's not counting him. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah, so. it's yeah, a wee bit unbalanced and I understand you get the players in that you can but still I think a wee bit more thought needs to go in and just make sure the squad isn't quite so so lopsided because unless you decide to play you know 3-6-1 then it can be a little a little bit of a worry if you're going to play 4-3-3 it's a specialised system you're right and you need to look carefully at what the needs are of that system and I'm not sure we did that in the summer I agree with you I don't think the defence is quite quite good enough and I don't think that the strike the strikers are quite deadly enough. No. But to one game going at thirty seven to go, let's see what happens, I think. Yeah, and obviously if we don't win Saturday we'll be on here next week screaming for Warburton's head. Oh yeah, I mean we're the pod that likes to be Hypocritical. Irrational headed. But yeah, yeah they've got three games in total. Mm-hmm. That's two home games 
Yeah. Games on away game, and then we're just going to burn something down. Yeah, I mean, get the matches out. Yeah. Personally, personally, I think that's that's healthy and respectable. I don't see how anyone could have a problem with that. No, I mean, one game in is just like hysterical woman, hmm. but three games in, pitchforks out. Of course, yeah. Perfectly acceptable. Okay, then, folks. Uh, last week, as Scott was mentioning, he got cut off in his prime, and he didn't get to. Deliver. So he's, he's basically been like a guy who's been in a brothel, been taken to the vinegar strokes and shown outside and not let out of the house for a week. So it's with a due sense of dread that I introduce this week's Sporting Integrity Award. The Sporting Integrity Award is when we look around the world of sport and see who has been the most exuberant. Yes, we're looking for the Hibs fans, we're looking for the SFA, we're looking for the Neil Doncasters of uh, world football, world sport in fact, and this is the section that Scott's made his own. Speaking of uh, Neil Doncaster, Scott, how funny was the uh, reception he got on Saturday? Um, what I will say is fair play to Neil for going, mm. right? Um he must have known that we hate him and he still turned up with his bull haircut and his dark glasses and his stupid ill-fitting suits and took it like a man getting booed by everyone there rightly mm. um, so fair play to him but he is a buffoon and um, it, it, something you've long campaigned for Scott I noticed on Saturday that there were little trestle tables set up selling comestibles well it makes sense oh I'd love to have a coffee and a biscuit but I'm not joining that queue yeah Oh, hello, sir. I've got coffee and biscuits for sale. Oh. And you go up and you, 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 the vendor vends them to you. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, for me, it's just, it was a lot better. I mean, very rarely am I happy about the opportunity to pay £2.50 for a warm bottle of Diet Iron Brew, but on Saturday I was because it was a you know two-minute queue as opposed to the usual 15.20 to get something. And uh, yeah, it's just... To me, it just seems a really, really easy revenue stream, and I'm glad to see the, the club are doing that. Right, I've delayed it, folks, as long as I possibly could. You have my apologies, but Scott, the floor is yours. Ha <laughs> welcome, people. We're looking forward to this for two reasons, OK? Number one, I love I love meeting my public, interacting with them. You know, you're getting my vibes through the your cans, and, you know, it's just... Also, David had to listen to all this last week. Mm. So he's getting double the pish. Yeah, I'm, I'm nipping out for a for a fag and a you know copy of the paper. Yeah, um, but what we're going to go back to is David's favourite artist. David requested actually he loves this bit the comedy team names. <laughs> he loves it. I'm not even playing along with that. No, I didn't. I know you hated it. And that's why he's back by unpopular demand, like Rangers and the SPL. Yeah, but unlike but this... Rangers and the SPL, there's a lot of people that that like Rangers. It's not like. Got no fans at all, like your funny team name section. Well, yeah, but that's because you're not giving it a chance. <laughs> I gave it a chance. I, I, I told you. I, I said, on you go and do well, it. And then you said it was rubbish. I know, admittedly, yes, you didn't give it a chance, but still, give it another chance, okay? You might like this one. Scott, um, it dies like who, Twin Atlantic in front of proper music fans. <laughs> well, that you say that, of course, but who doesn't? who doesn't like the Belarusian second division? Fair enough, yeah, but most people okay. are big fans. And the town, there's a town who's a team representing it in the second division, and the team from that town is called Dynamo Bender. <laughs> it's uh, not bad, is it? No, it's not bad, I've forgotten about them. That that one's okay. And they've, they've had a few goals at it, okay? Um, they started out life as Burevichnik Bender, right? Right. Then, 1959, they tried pretty unimaginative for Eastern Europe, I'd have to say, locomotive bender, right? Okay. 
They then tried Nistrul Bender, Nostril Bender perhaps, who knows. Mm. Then, um, a long period into the 80s, as Pishvik Bender, right? That is good. But then they went baffling. Now, I don't know whether they maybe were in awe of the French team of the 80s. Who wasn't? Who wasn't? Um, the Magic Square, David, yeah. you know? The Carrefour. They became, t- Carrefour. They became Tigana Bender. That's ideal. Is. Then they added to the French Magic Square a separate element and called themselves Tigana Applewell Bender. Right? Okay. Bizarrely. But now they're just Dynamo. Now they're just so, Dynamo Bender. See, th- that was all right, but you kicked the arse out of it. It went on too long. Well, I know. Partly to know you. What do you mean I know? Look, I'm not a funny man, David. I'm just doing my best. Mm, okay, right. Move on. Okay, well, I'll try. Because see, we have a winner this week. There's no point pretending we don't, okay? And I'll come to it last. But we already know who's going to win. So, right. Sam Pauli, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Sam mm-hmm. Pauli... Mm-hmm. They signed a player this summer called Marvin Ducksick, right? Okay. Good name. And there was a photo call, which they announced for the press. Everyone's to be there, okay? The director of football and the manager. Only the manager, Edvard Lienen, wasn't there. He was a scouting mission. So instead, the picture went in the paper of Edvard Lien in there. And a few fans noticed that there's something not quite right. Yeah. So a few fans investigated. And in fact, it was a man with an Edvard Lien mask on. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd jumped in the photo to make it look as if he was there. So the player was holding the strip up with the general manager and a man with a perfectly fitting Edvard Lien mask. He was actually on a scouting mission at the time. And couldn't be there, so they don't want to cancel the press call. And a man just wore his face mask. Yeah, but is it, is it compulsory for the man? I mean, do, do, do the papers say right? We're not, we're not even reporting this unless it's the guy's pictured next to the manager. It, it it seems bizarre to me that anybody would have cared whether he's there or not. But yeah. they, they admitted later, of course, that it wasn't at him. But it, why would they think he would have to? Oh no, no, Edvard Leenin's on my photo. Yeah. Ah. One of my favourite memories um, of following Rangers was the day we won the league at Kilmarnock, the 7-0, three up in 10 minutes game. Oh. And immediately after the first goal, those few seconds in, there was a bloke who was dressed in a suit and tie who had a Walter Smith mask, and he dived out the crowd and started dancing. It, was the, it was the touch of wearing the suit, I thought, that made it just perfect. And I remember my dad turned to me at kick-off when the Moffat stand and my dad said, it's going to be a toughie today. Well, remember former producer Robbie, um, even at half-time at 3-0, went, this still isn't done. I know, it is Robbie. Mm, no, it is, trust it me. Is. Um, right, now, I like this one as well. Um, Nigerian FA, okay, mm-hmm. have appointed Gernot Ruhr, a German, as their technical advisor, okay? Okay. And out came Ahmed Yusef Fresh, who's from the National Association, how good a name is that? Ahmed Yusef Fresh. He should be a DJ. He should be, or a Prince of Bel Air. Mm. One of the two. And he summed up why Gernot not Rohr, the German, got the job, David. He, he, do you want to know why he got the job? Why? He's very positive. He showed great interest in the job. He swayed the committee with calmness, good knowledge of Africa, the mentality, and the people. He also had great focus. Oh, and he wanted to live here. Well, that helped. So he was the only one apparently willing to look, to move to Nigeria. Yeah, but a lot of these European coaches who go to Africa do that. That they don't live in the the country itself, and the excuse being that most of the players who are going to be selected tend to play out with Africa. 
Yep, but you have to give it a go. So Gernot Ruhr, positive, showed your interest, but he was only one that wanted to live in Nigeria. So Well, to be fair, the Germans have always shown an interest in going into other countries. <laughs> At least he was invited in. Yeah. At yeah. least they were happy to see him. Yes. And then we have the winner, David, okay? Okay. And you know who it is, well as I do. Chris Bennison. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you brought this guy up. I wanted to talk about this. Go on. Uh, Chris is going to win it, isn't he? Yes, he's, he's the winner of the uh, No Shit Sherlock Award for this week, definitely. And he might actually be the Sporting Integrity season winner. It, it's probably the most Sporting Integrity thing you can ever bring up, but enlighten the listeners as to, to who this chap is. And I want the listeners themselves, though, to let us know by social media if we haven't maybe gone meta here. Maybe there's so much Sporting Integrity in this it's turned in on itself it's not our fault it's not our fault but the first thing you have to spot the mistake here in the opening sentence David okay okay won't you because I like quizzes so do you yes. quiz mad aren't we we are actually yes a member of a prominent the United supporters club what's the mistake there yeah I mean what a, a prominent the United supporters club oh the the famous the United yeah. supporters club I mean it's not a thing is it He's in the Cerise Arabs. What? I don't know what that is. He's in the Cerise Arabs. But he sent a letter, David. And do you know what it is? It's hard hitting. Okay. Does it hit hard? It does. And he wrote it to the boss, Ken McCory, of best BBC Scotland, because he's not happy. Because there's no cameras from BT and Sky going to be filming the second tier of Scottish football anymore. Mm-hmm. And what was the oh. bold Chris's reason for this? Well, do you want to know what? He's always angry. David, he's angry. He's very angry. Region. Because Rangers aren't in the Lord League anymore. Mm-hmm. And he said that that's the, that's the reason why Sky and BT aren't covering the Lord Divisions. Yes. You know something, Chris? Mm-hmm. Of course it fucking is, you moron. Yes. It's the exact reason, Chris. Nobody cares about your shitty little club. Nobody cares about the shitty little league you're in. Nobody cared about the previous time that that the leagues were televised. It was because we were in it. It's all about Rangers, and no amount of Dundonian belly aching is going to change that. You fucking muppet. Yes. So I managed to get one there that involved Scottish football, twats. And a lack of sport and integrity. Mm. So I've, I've certainly peaked early, but Mr. Benison, an Edinburgh-based digital marketing consultant, told the Dundee Courier, I know what you'll say. You're only bringing this up because you're a United fan. That's not true. I'm unbiased in this matter. I don't remember him complaining last season or the season before about oh, the, or, this potential. Or, in fact, the season before that, when we were in the second division and it was the second division that got coverage and the first didn't. Yep, or indeed... Well, I don't know, the 30 years before that, mm. when the other leagues have never been shown live, ever by anyone. Um, he never complained then, did he know? No. And now he's got a fresh complaint. But I love the nature of his complaint. It's almost as if it's because Rangers aren't in the league. I mean, honestly. Yeah, it's entirely because Rangers aren't in the league, you sit. I, genuinely, I mean, the, the thing about the United fans, they're an unpleasant bunch. And I think that... One thing I'll give them credit for is that they've achieved a status that Aberdeen fans, despite years of attempts, have never managed, and that Rangers fans genuinely dislike them. Aberdeen fans were just like, you know, you know, away and get a job, you know. But yeah. you know, there's there's nothing you can can say about them. They're just idiots. But the United fans are genuinely irksome, and we, if they'd listened to us, we told them 
their chairman was a tit. We told them their manager was selling them down the river. And they wouldn't listen. They'd say, ah, use your hands. And now look at your shell of a club. Exactly. I mean, the only thing they've got going for them, the only possible advantage is that Hibs are even worse. Uh, that's true. Uh, that how funny was that? For those of you who may not know and understand that, Hibs went out the League Cup uh, yep. at home to Queen of the South. Yep. And not only that, but apparently the BBC, you know, the Twitter feed of the match mm. was comedy gold. It was like, oh, Hibs knocking on the door for a second goal. They're home and hose. They'll never lose this now. Queen of the South rattled with the mighty Lenin's army. Oh, it was one each. Yeah. Oh dear, it's 2-1. Two, two, uh, two trophies he's out of before the end of August. It's vintage Lenin. It is. I would imagine, I mean, I don't want to, to preempt what Neil was going to say when he's interviewed. I would imagine it's not his fault, though. No, I did, certainly would have thought that. Uh, I, I think that there's there's no money to be had now. Yes, well, Scott, you were absolutely correct. Uh, running away with it this week. You can't watch your team in the telly, but content yourself, Chris Benison, with the fact that you've won this week's Sporting Integrity Award. Hi, folks. We've signed up with FanDuel, who are launching in the UK their weekly fantasy football competition. Now, we've all played fantasy football, and then we've all got bored with it after about six weeks and given up. And that's because it's rubbish and you have to wait for a whole season. But with this, you can win prizes every single week. And we have an offer, because we love you very, very much. So for this weekend, the 2K opening day special, entry fee is £2. There are 1,160 places available on it. And the top prize is 200 quid. But better than that, the top 277 will get paid. There's loads of other contests on it as well. But if you go to Fangio, uh, sign up and enter the promo code RANGERS, all in capitals, RANGERS. Fangio will refund your first paid entry fee up to £10 as free entry credit if you don't win any cash. So it's not going to cost you anything to sign up. You can play this every week if you so wish to, or you cannot play it, it's up to you, but you will have an opportunity to win money with your Fantasy League team every single week. I'm going to be playing in it, so if you look for the league with username Davey Edgar, you can come and lose to me which uh, will make me just feel so much better about myself, if that is possible. What you need to do is go to www.fanduel.co.uk forward slash join. That's www.fanduel.co.uk forward slash join. And like I say, and you can't argue with this, they will refund your first paid entry fee up to £10 as a free entry credit if you don't win cash. So, it's an opportunity to play fantasy football, but not the boring, shitey, all-season, lose-interest-by-October kind. Okie dokes, then. That's uh, pretty much it from me and Scott for this week. Um, all that it means for me to do is to remind you guys of our FanDuel League participation. If you want to join up and take me on, here's your, your opportunity. And also to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. We are going to bid you adieu. And guess where I'm going on Friday, Scott? Now, are you going to Nigeria to see Mr. Youssef Fresh? No, nor am I going to Edinburgh to laugh at Mr. Chris Benison. I'm going to Englandshire for the final test match between England and Pakistan. Well, fantastic. Because I'm a dandy. Where's it being held? The Oval. Fantastic. Um, and uh, are you going with uh, the friend of the parish? Mr. Smith. 
Yes. Um, yes, Mr. Smith, and also my two rather posh nephews, and God love them, they're lovely guys. Uh, they're really, really nice boys, but they've been brought up very well and all around the world because their dad's... The, He's a big guy in oil. He's a sardine. Hey! But he uh, has obviously moved around. So their accents are... They they sound like Bond. Like um, guys that would be like 006 and 008. Right? Uncle David. Yes, they're very well spoken. But they they said to me... I took them to Ibrox on Saturday and it was the first time they'd been. And they said uh, they'd never been... They're Rangers fans, but they'd never been more aware of their accent until they were... In the, in the middle of Govan. Yes. Come on, you Rangers. Come on, chaps. Yeah, so like, I, if you throw in a couple of fuckings, it might help. Yes. Um, I said, and if you really want to fit in, the first time one of our players misplaces a pass, I want you go, oh, for fuck's sake! And I yes. said, that'll, that'll make you look like, like a local. Did you do? Did you actually give them the full experience? Did you leave 10 minutes before the end? No, no, I, I, I'm trying to teach them and bring them up well. So... Yeah. I, I want them to, but, to. But then tell the listeners what they did then. The unspeakable, nice, lovely, keen, enthusiastic teenagers do when they corner their uncle. What did they do to you? Oh, right. I, I accept that. You don't accept. Them. No, I don't. Right. But when it comes to music, I have quite singular taste, right? Um, the, the best way to describe what I like is correct, as listeners yeah. to the pod might, might know. And so we're sitting in the car home, and it's you know their car, so fair enough. And they they had all their newfangled young people's music on, and I swear to God, it, it just you know I was trying to be nice and all that. Do you like them? No, not really. Do you like them? No, not really. And then I tried to be nice. I said, well, you need to remember that a lot of these bands, you know, when I was growing up, there were you know the bands they were ripping off were kicking about, and they were kind of, in my opinion, better. Um, oh, this is this is churches. You like them? And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and eventually, though, I just snapped. Well, there was some band uh, I can't even remember what they're called, but they went, "Oh, you like this? It sounds like the Ramones." And I just went, "Do you know what fucking sounds like the Ramones? The Ramones." <laughs> and there are two hundred fucking Ramones songs that sound exactly like the Ramones. They don't change a bit. So why would you listen to these shite hawks trying to sound like the Ramones? And then I decided I'm not being nice anymore. So after that, I just forced them. To listen to what I wanted was walking up to them with a you know like a speaker a Bluetooth speaker and going listen and they put, yeah it's very good well, yes it is isn't it yeah stop your nonsense stop your nonsense kids okay then uh, thanks very much for listening folks my name is David Edgar I've been your host and as always thanks to Mr Scott Vandenacker thank you very much people Cheer- I've loved being back cheers guys we'll talk to you again this time next week bye. Podcast Network.